it is so good to see you this morning. It is so good to see you. When, when I looked outside and I saw it was snowing, I thought, oh, there's probably not going to be a lot of people in church today, but that's okay, you know, we'll go. And it, I, I look out and I see all your smiling faces, and it, it brings joy to my heart. God is good. Um, if you have your Bibles, we're going to be going to 1 Corinthians, the 13th chapter. It, when we were in the prayer room this morning, we were talking about prayer, or we were talking about the service today, and, and it was brought up that Valentine's Day is this week, and uh, Pastor Walker didn't have very nice things to say about that. I think it's because he doesn't want to spend any money on Marissa this Valentine's Day. <clears throat> but, <clears throat> Lord willing, no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I don't know why I like to pick on Walker, but it's just fun. But God is good, and in, in the, uh, the lectionary of the traditional church this week, this, this is the uh, chapter, and it's uh, 1 Corinthians, the 13th chapter. Uh, Valentine's Day this, is this week, and that's a special day to me because uh, not only does the love of my life, uh, do I have the love of my life to celebrate Valentine's with, it's also her birthday. She was also born on February the 14th. Uh, yes, thank you. <laughs> So if any of you were going to get her anything, give it to me, and she wants cash. No, I'm, kidding. <laughs> I'm kidding. I'm just teasing. Um, but, you know, it is Valentine's Day this week, and, and some people say that it's a made-up holiday so that they don't, uh, that it's a consumerist holiday that's made up. Well, St. Valentine was a person, um, and in, I think it was 269 A.D., he was sentenced to death. Um, for marrying um, young couples because it was against the law for young people to get married in Rome because they didn't want soldiers who were married because when the soldiers were out fighting, they wanted them to risk life and limb and not think about anybody back at home. So uh, Claudius made it a law that people, young people couldn't get married. St. Valentine's knew that, that marriage was sacred to the church and sacred to God, and so he would marry uh, young people. He was caught sentenced to uh, a three-tiered death of stoning, I'm sorry, beating, stoning, and beheading. Um, it's a terrible way to go. Um, but at St. Valentine's Day, I think it was in 1400 that it was made a, a holiday, or, or uh, February 14th was giving, given to St. Valentine. That's just a little history of St. Valentine. That's why he celebrated with love, because he, he was for love. And uh, would marry young people. But, uh, and so in the lectionary this week is this chapter about love. And this chapter, the 1 Corinthians 13th chapter, if any of you have ever been to a wedding, you have heard this. Because at every wedding, they say this, all right? They read this chapter. I've performed one wedding, and it was uh, my niece's. And I think we used this chapter and did a bad job, but... <clears throat> But St. Valentine's Day is a day set aside for love. And in the church, like I said, the, le the lectionary this week, uh, yeah, it was, I'm just looking at my notes, it was uh, 269 A.D. Um, when he was sentenced to death for love. So what's that have to do with us today? Well, it just is bringing us to what I want to talk about today. And that is uh, the, the text that we're going to use today is 1 Corinthians, the 13th chapter. And we're going to use um, the whole thing. And, and love is a very overused word in the English language, right? Yeah. Oh, where'd you get those shoes, Marissa? I love them. Oh, I love your earrings. Oh, I love this sandwich. I love this 
uh, chicken. I love um, Pizza Hut stuffed crust where they put the garlic on it. Oh, I love it. Oh, I just love it. Don't you just love it? Don't you just love it? Oh, I love her. I love him. I love him. We, we use that word so much. It's so watered down that when we go to talk about God's love for us, that I don't think we quite get it, right? I don't think, I think when we hear, hey, God loves you, I think it just kind of is like, yeah. I heard a story of, uh, of a man who wrote his, uh, this is back before cell phones, kids, and they used to do this thing where they, they'd write words down on paper, and then they'd fold it and put it in this thing called an envelope. I don't know if you've ever seen those. And then they'd put it in a mailbox, and then the mailman would come, and they'd take letters. Well, he wrote his, his sweetheart a letter and said, Sweetheart, I would swim through a river of, filled with piranhas just to see your face. I would climb the highest mountain just to, just to be able to get a hug from you. I would sw- uh, swim the deepest ocean. Oh, I already used swimming. It was something else. Oh, I'd cross the Sahara Desert just for one kiss. And I'll see you next Wednesday night so long as it doesn't rain. It's taken some of you a little bit, you know, because he was going to have to walk in the rain to see her, you know. But that's how we are sometimes. Oh, Lord, I love you. Lord, you can count on me. I'll be there every Sunday. I'll be there every time the doors open. Is that rain? (laughs) Is it snowing out? It's snowing. I was kind of secretly looking out. Oh, is there eight inches of snow? Can you sleep in? No, kidding. But that's how we are. And that's how our love is sometimes. Our love is conditional. We, I've talked about this ad nauseum, I know. Our love is conditional. God's love is not. God's love does not depend on performance of us. Right? God tells us in his word that God made a deal with himself before time began that he would redeem mankind. And then what we have on the cross is God making a deal with God. So that it doesn't depend on my weak flesh. Because if it depends on my weak flesh, if the, if the agreement between God and myself is dependent upon me, it's going to be really weak on one side. But God made a deal with God before time began. And we get to benefit from that. Aren't you glad? God's love is greater than our love. God's love is not like our love. Amen. God's love isn't like ours. It's greater than ours. This is just a little joke. I don't know why I put it in here, but you know when 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 you get angry with someone, this is a this is a uh, this is just a little life life tip. When you get angry with someone, you should think before you speak. If the person is junior to you, you should count to 10 and then talk. If the person is equal to you, you should count to 30 and then talk. If the person is your senior, count to 50 and then talk. If the person is your wife, keep counting, don't talk. (laughs) That's for you all. That's not for me. (laughs) Forgive me, Lord. First Corinthians. If I speak in the tongues of men or of angels, but do not have love, I am a resounding gong or a clanging cymbal. 
I can have all the spiritual gifts in the world. I can, I can speak in tongues. I can prophesy. But if I do not have love, then I am just like a noisemaker. I'm like a, a, have you ever gone to a, I'm like a cowbell. You ever gone to a basketball game and they're handing those out or somebody beside you is doing that? It gets so annoying. Well, if, 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 I, if I go around speaking in the tongues of men and angels all the time, but there's not love in my heart, that's all that I am. I'm a noisemaker. I, I, I become an annoyance because I'm empty and I think that I'm doing good. If I have the gift of prophecy and can fathom all mysteries and all knowledge, and if I have a faith that can move mountains but do not have love, I am nothing. A lot of people think that they're prophets, but really they're just mean people who like to point out sin that they see in others. Because a true prophet prophesies in love. If I see you involved in sin, I'm not going to call you out in front of the whole congregation. I'm going to go to you in private. That's how the scripture tells us to handle it. And if God shows me something, then I'm going to handle that with you in private. Because that's what love would do. Amen? Amen. If I have the gift of prophecy and can fathom all mysteries and all knowledge, and faith that can move mountains but don't have love, I'm nothing. If I give all that I possess to the poor and give over my body to hardship, King James says, to be burned, that I may boast, but do not have love, I gain nothing. So if you give all your time and effort, all your money to others for the wrong reasons, then it doesn't profit anything. Because that's, I'm afraid that's what some people are motivated by. You can sacrifice your body, but without love it gains nothing. Think about what Jesus did. This is what Jesus did. He gave over his body to hardship. But if he wouldn't have had love, then it wouldn't have profited him. Think about the benefits that we have for what Jesus did. But if Jesus had done that without love, if Jesus had not looked at Jerusalem and wept, if Jesus had not looked at the crowd and said, Father, forgive them, they don't know what they're doing, if Jesus didn't have love in his heart, because what they did to Jesus, see, Jesus, Paul talks about being more than a conqueror. A conqueror would have never been on the cross. The conquered would have died in bitterness like the thief next to Christ. But being more than a conqueror, it says, it doesn't matter what you do to me. You can't stop me from loving you. No matter what you do to me, you can't stop me from loving you. That's more than a conqueror. That's more than a conqueror. And that's what we're called to. That's the life we're called to. That no matter what you do to me, you can't stop me from loving you. Q Ario Speedwagon. My sisters get it. I can't even hum in tune. <laughs> I can sacrifice my body to hardship, but without love, it gains me nothing. 
And that's what Paul's telling us here in his little talk about love. If I don't have love, I gain nothing. And then Paul gives us a description of love. Love is patient. We're going to read this slow because I want you to think about yourself and how you love. Love is patient. Love is kind. It does not envy. It does not boast. It is not proud. It does not dishonor others. It is not self-seeking. It is not easily angered. It keeps no record of wrongs. Love does not delight in evil, but rejoices with the truth. It always protects, always trusts, always hopes, always perseveres. Love never fails. Love never fails. Love never fails. My advice will fail. Right? Your advice to someone might fail. In a minute, he's going to say, prophecies will cease, tongues will pass away, knowledge will cease, but love will last forever. Keep loving those who you are praying for. Because your judgment of them will fail. Your great advice to them might fail, but your love won't. Hold on to that. Keep loving them. Love will never fail. And this is a description of how we're to love one another. And like I said, it's also used to describe love between spouses at weddings. All weddings from since the history of weddings have had 1 Corinthians 13. <clears throat> Even caveman, oh, me like love chapter. <laughs> but this is a high kind of love. This is a high kind of love that we can't do by ourselves. This is a very high kind of love because as I was reading that, you probably were thinking, oh, could work on that. Ooh, love doesn't do that. Oh, that hurts. <clears throat> and if you were thinking about someone else the whole time, you really have gut issues that they need to do this because your biggest issue is pride that you think you've got it all figured out. <clears throat> But this is a high kind of love. This is a lofty love. This is a love that is a struggle to give, if we're honest, right? I mean, some of us can pretend like, oh, yeah, this is just a normal day for me. But it's not. It's a hard kind of love to give. This is how God loves us. This is how God loves us. Go back, go back one slide. You know that John tells us in 1 John, the fourth chapter, he tells us God is love. Pastor Walker talks about it all the time. I talk about it all the time. It's what God is. It's who God is. It doesn't say God is lovely or God is loving. It says God is love. In his essence, he is love. So love is patient. God is patient. God is kind. God does not envy. God does not boast. He is not proud. 
does not dishonor others, is not self-seeking, is not easily angered, keeps no record of wrongs. God does not delight in evil, but rejoices with the truth. He always protects, always trusts, always hopes, always perseveres. God never fails. God is love. This description that, that Paul gives us of love, he's describing our Father. That's how he loves you. He's not mad at you. He's not angry with you. He doesn't hold your wrongs against you. That's the description of God's love for us. That's how God, the God of heaven loves you with an undying love, an unending love. And, and, and we can't talk about that, I know, without addressing, well, if God loves me, why do I go through hard times? Why, why, if God loves me, why is life so hard sometimes? If God loves me, if God protects, if God uh, perseveres, why, why sometimes does it feel like I'm not being protected? Why does it feel like sometimes I'm not being loved? But that is so much a picture of the Christian life. I, I, I heard a story. Um, Dr. Chris Green's tell, tells, Dr. Chris Green tells this story about this woman who was pregnant. She was having a baby late in life. I think she was in her, not late in life. When I tell you her age, a lot of you are going to say, that's not real late in life. But I think she was in her early 40s and was pregnant. And she also had a teenage son that was dying. Um, with cancer, and he was in the hospital. And, and this woman related this story that in her belly, she could feel hope. She had a, she had a, a baby boy growing inside of her. But then here's her teenage son dying. And she said, she said, I could feel the baby kick and my son put his head up to listen to the heartbeat. And, and she said, I felt joy and despair all at the same time. And she felt like God spoke to her and said, that's the Christian life. It's joy and it's despair all the time. And we don't focus on, on despair all the time. And we don't focus on, or we're not naive enough to think that it's joy and happiness all the time. But where is God in that? God is the hope in that. God is hope in that. That even long after that disease takes that boy, he will still be loved. Long after uh, the mom and the new baby are gone, they will still be loved. God and love will outlast disease. Love will outlast heart disease. Love will outlast cancer. Love will outlast war. Love will outlast hatred. Love will outlast racism. Love will outlast gossip. Love will outlast abuse. Love will outlast slander. Love will outlast famine. Love will outlast pain and suffering. It will outlast Republicans and Democrats. Love will be here when everything else is gone. And the hope is that when Jesus comes and makes all things right, the pain and the suffering that we endured. See, now it says, Paul says, we see through a glass darkly, but then face to face. Then we will, now we know in part, but then we will know, even as we are known, we see through a glass darkly, but then face to face. And then we will say, now abide these three, faith, hope, and love, but the greatest of these is love. Amen. 
Life might be hard sometimes, but love is stronger than that. Love will last longer than that. God and his love for you will outlast anything you're going through. Even those who, who live lives of, of pain and suffering through their whole lives, one day that God will make all that right. Amen? Amen. When uh, Pastor Brewer, I heard his father pass, I sent him a, a text and I said, I told him I never met his dad and said some nice things. And then I said, he has run the race. He's finished the course. He has kept the faith. And now there is in store for him a crown of righteousness. And if we will keep the faith, if we will let that love change our hearts, that's how God loves us. Amen. Love never fails. Love never ends. And to those who are believers in Jesus Christ, there's coming a day when all things will be made right. A day when Jesus himself will dry all tears. Isn't that what John tells us in the book of Revelation? That God himself dried their tears? He didn't send somebody to do it. He's going to go to each and every one and dry their tears. Whatever pain, whatever suffering you've gone through, whatever pain you will face, Jesus himself will someday dry your tears. Amen? All diseases will be healed. There won't be hospitals. No more awful hospital gowns. Any of you have ever been in a hospital? In the new Jerusalem and in the new heaven and new earth, there won't be hospital gowns. <laughs> Thank the Lord for that. <laughs> there won't be sickness. There won't be disease. There won't be nighttime. No need of the sun for, the, for, the, for Jesus himself will radiate. There's coming a day. When, our, when, our, when faith will become sight. Amen? Our faith will become sight and we will realize that everything that we have prayed for and hoped for, God has stored that up and it will become a reality. Amen? Hang on. Hang on. It's going to be worth it. Hallelujah. This is how God loves us. With this kind of love. But you cannot receive this kind of love and not be changed. Because to receive that kind of love means that kind of love works on you. Until you, then you start to turn around and give it out. Amen? Amen? You start to give it out to your neighbor. You start to give it out to your friends, your family. You start to give it out to your enemies. Nobody likes to talk about that, but Jesus told us to love our enemies. Love those who don't believe, agree with you politically. Love those who aren't even of the same faith. Love those who... I mean, they mocked Jesus. They spit in his face. And what poured out of him was love. They broke his body and love poured out. What pours out of you when someone insults you? I mean, think, be honest. You don't, you don't have to raise your hand and tell the whole class. But think about it. When someone says something hurtful to you, what, what rises up and pours out of you? If we're, if we're honest, our humanity starts to come out, right? And that's where we know that we haven't arrived. Because what's supposed to come out of us when we're insulted is Jesus. What came out of Jesus? 
He came and he lived the life so that we could model it, right? Jesus is not just your one-way ticket to heaven, and he takes care of your afterlife. And then, Jesus, I've got life down here. You take care of getting, you know, I want a gold one that's silver-lined. You know, here's the plans for my mansion. I want an open-floor concept. I want big walk-in closets. Can I get high ceilings? I don't, I, I'm claustrophobic. I don't want low ceilings. Like a nice foyer, a grand staircase. There's more to the Christian life than that. There is a modeling of the life that Jesus lived when he was here. That will have an effect on the world. If I live the, the same life Jesus lived, it will have an effect on the world. And when we receive that kind of love that he gives us, we will in turn give that life out. <clears throat> Let's finish the chapter. Love never fails. When there are prophecies, they will cease. Where there are tongues, they will be stilled. Where there is knowledge, it will pass away. For we know in part, we prophesy in part. But when completeness is, comes, what is in part disappears. When I was a child, I talked like a child. I thought like a child. I reasoned like a child. When I became a man, I put the ways of childhood behind me. A lot of us could take notes there. And go back and read that again. And for now we see only reflection as in a mirror. Then we shall see face to face. Now I know in part, then I shall know fully, even as I am fully known. And now these three remain, faith, hope, and love. But the greatest of these is love. Amen. The greatest of these is love. God is love. God is love. God loves you with an everlasting love. God, God's love for you is like it is lined out here in 1 Corinthians 13, 13th chapter. But then in response, in response to that love, we are supposed to give it out. In response to that love, we're supposed to love others the same way. Amen? Amen. Amen. Well, I came up with something that uh, I'd like for us to do as a church for this month of love. <clears throat> And I'll tell you what I was inspired by. I heard, um, I don't know if, if any of you heard the story, um, and some of you are going to roll your eyes. Um, during the Chiefs game a couple weeks ago, a couple, three weeks ago, there was really bad weather, and a Chiefs player was on his way to the stadium and got stuck in the snow. And a good Samaritan stopped, pushed him out. Uh, turns out the guy who helped him was homeless. And um, <clears throat> so the Chiefs player went to Twitter and, um, did I say that right? I did, didn't I? Yeah. <clears throat> and said, I'm looking for this guy. And he found the guy, gave him tickets. Then people in, in Kansas City, when they saw that his windows uh, had been busted out of his car, a glass company stepped forward and they put new glass in his vehicle, um, uh, a clothing company came forward, gave him a bunch of clothes. The community, there was a community outpouring because of his one act of kindness um, that he showed to someone who he didn't know he was a Chiefs player. He just stopped to help him. Well, I heard of an elementary school here in St. Joe that <clears throat> they passed out footballs and said, take this to your family and your family this week do something kind for, for somebody else and write down what you did. So for the month of, I don't have footballs for all families, I apologize. But on the chalkboard, I'm going to, before you leave today, you're going to write your family's name. And then this month, sometime, your family, together or individually, are going to do one or many nice things for people. 
that you may know or may not know. You might see somebody that has a flat tire. You might stop and help them fix the flat tire. I was on the phone with Pat one time. He saw somebody that was, uh, had a sign that they were hungry. He gave him one of his cheeseburgers that he had bought, you know, just something like that. And so as a church, every family is going to do something kind this month. And then a representative from your family is going to get up and tell what you did. It doesn't have to be long. You don't have to try to tell bad jokes like I do or anything like that. Just you're going to get up. You're just going to say, this is what we did. Uh, this is the act of kindness, the, the act of love that we showed as a family. This is what it was. So before you leave today, uh, have somebody from your family write your name or uh, your last name or your, the first names of your family. It doesn't matter how you do it. Um, down the chalkboard, and then we'll have the chalkboard up here, and then you can come in and fill in what you did. Um, and my hope and goal is that you're all going to be overachievers and try to one-up one another and, and do the... But remember, do it in love. Don't be motivated by having the most uh, chalk next to your name. <laughs> be motivated by love. Because I believe that as, as this church can start to love like this kind of love describes. We can change our community. If I will love my enemies and my neighbors and people I come in contact with the way that God loves me, I will make an impact in this community. And I believe that this church does a lot of good things. We do do a lot of, of stuff. <clears throat> but I want this month for the love month. Um, you know, I don't know what you could do. You could shovel somebody's snow out of their driveway. You could go to your pastor's house and salt his driveway. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I'm kidding. <laughs> that was a joke. It's already been salted. You're all too late. But this, this month, and maybe it'll be something that uh, it won't just be something we do this month. Maybe it'll be something all the time that we're looking to be the hands and feet of Jesus to our city. Amen? Because I don't know about you, this world is in trouble. This country's in trouble. This state's in trouble. This city's in trouble. And what can I do about it? I can love everybody I come in contact with like God loves me. Amen? That's what I can do. I can't get to the, I can't go to Congress and pound my fists on the desk and change everybody's mind. But I can go out here in St. Joe and I can see somebody that needs love and I can love them and be kind and speak a kind word and say something kind. Amen. Amen. So this this month before you leave today and if you forget to write your name on there, I'll write it on there. But my penmanship is so bad. <laughs>